Will Weissman, what's up? Alan Horry, my friend. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Dude, such a pleasure to be here. Hell We've been talking yes. about this for a while. For a while. Yeah, glad we made it happen. And yeah. in LA. In LA now. I love it. The show's here. We have been talking about it for, man, because we'll, all, everything that you've been up to with Singularity University, Kitty Hawk Ventures, A360 has been super, super exciting to me and attractive to aim to do my best to get you on the program to unpack these frontier technologies that we're going to be talking about, your awesome. fascination with them, your journey in space. But it's perfect that it landed now. And even though we were trying to make it happen for a while. And great, great to be here. Great to be with you. I'm super excited about the opportunity to, uh, to get to chat with you, man. And there's a lot to the journey that led us to even having this fascination yeah. in frontier tech. So let's unpack that. Who was Will growing up? How did he become interested in all of this? Yeah, so I, I uh, originally grew up in Boston. I was born in New York, moved up to the suburbs of, uh, of Boston from like sixth grade on. And, um, you know, was always super entrepreneurial and really interested in technology. I was really lucky and had a, a supportive uh, family that that hooked me up with some of the early Apple products. So I had like an Apple IIe and was running a little computer bulletin board service. And it was just always super, I think that was like eighth grade, uh, landscaping business, ice cream truck business, like just loved creating. My dad was an entrepreneur, so I was around that a lot. Um, and at my core, I'm, I'm someone who uh, loves people and loves connecting with with people and have been lucky enough to be able to surround myself with some pretty interesting uh, individuals and then love especially being around entrepreneurs and, and the whole entrepreneurial process and trying to move the world forward through entrepreneurship. So uh, it's been an interesting journey like like most people, uh, not all up and to the right. And uh, but it's been, you know, it's been great. It's really been fascinating in uh, the last I don't know. I've uh, I came out to California for college and then grad school. Kind of most of my adult life up in the Bay Area. Uh, most of that around technology. Although took uh, had about a five year stint as a restaurant uh, entrepreneur, which was a, an amazing journey that I got to do with three of my best friends and created a company called World Wraps that actually uh, invented and popularized the wrap. So that was a pretty, it was back in the mid nineties and just like a crazy, <laughs> crazy journey for me as a, as a younger guy, like getting to go through that and to do it with some of my closest, uh, closest friends was really cool. And then kind of started migrating into venture and deeper technology and uh, into Singularity University and a bunch of other stuff that we can get into. When, when you're growing up and you're seeing, the, you're getting exposed to the different technologies as they're evolving, did it kind of come up the opportunity to begin picking from different disciplines? Because you and I today really resonate on how we're very generalist. We're very synthesis driven. Yeah, yeah and convergence focused. Yeah. I love that. Convergence is another one. Did, did you see looking back like steve jobs said did, does it make sense like were you connecting dots from the different technologies at younger ages as they yeah. were yeah no no, no. <laughs> so i don't think i mean it's like shame on me because like i was uh one of my first i spent a couple years coming out of college trying to get into the venture capital business they weren't hiring anyone out of undergrad i ended up uh having this opportunity to join into it when they were about a hundred person company and I was like the first person to work on internet stuff for them. And so I remember going to, you know, yahoo.stanford.edu, I think was the URL and like 
amazing. I left into it during that time to go start a restaurant chain, you know, as opposed to, excuse me, as opposed to like jumping out and doing one of the very first internet uh, companies. So, you know, you look back on this stuff and like what, you know, the insights you should have had uh, and the actions you should have taken, but like all these things, I mean, I find myself in an interesting place now where I'm able to take all these very different experiences as an entrepreneur, as an investor, as a technologist, as someone who's gotten to focus on consumer facing businesses as well, uh, and to kind of tie them all into my interactions with business, my investing, my work around Abundance 360 and Singularity. And, you know, it creates a, allows you to be a very unique human with a very unique perspective. And uh, ultimately I think is, you know, serving me, serving me well now, not always the easiest of journeys. And, uh, but you know, that's the way life works and, and super grateful for, uh, to be at this kind of intersection and this time and, and what I think is just an amazing yes. time in human history. So it does very much feel like we're at the, the Godhead of the, snake of the Ouroboros and that we're entering into the singularity, which we'll, we'll talk about in some of the metaphysics maybe later. I'm really interested in, as you're kind of doing, you know, you move to California, you're doing uh, UCSB and then Stanford, and then you're doing the business school. You're kind of, you know, there's interesting, like you said, you described like the internet trend and then like getting into food. <laughs> I know it's so interesting, but it served a really important purpose. And also you gaining that skill set and knowledge from there. But then you also have this entry into venture capital, entry into investing, entry into uh, operating and managing and making sure that uh a, a business is actually flower and blossom. That's like a very fun sort of macro level view on just the way that things are trending and emerging and then how you can help fuel fires. Is that kind of how, you know, how you saw it and how did you get those first sort of steps in the door in that venture capital space? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, um, agree with everything you said. One of the uh, the things that has been most helpful for me as an entrepreneur, or excuse me, as an investor, is my journey as an entrepreneur. Um, yeah. And I took a bunch of swings at it. It's, you know, I have so much empathy now for entrepreneurs. And I think, uh, you know, I pay a lot of attention now to the, the kind of mental well-being of my entrepreneurs because it's a, the highest highs and the lowest lows as well. And, um, you know, it's a very, there's a, a very heavy weight uh, that one bears as an entrepreneur and you don't always have people to be able to talk to and tremendous responsibility around taking investors money and trying to build something. And, you know, most of these early stage startups don't, don't work out. And so being able to, to help uh, entrepreneurs kind of navigate that and, give themselves, you know, be kind to themselves while still pushing them to try to, you know, make the impossible possible, uh, I think is an important part of, of kind of my role as an investor and as a coach and mentor to some of these folks. Um, for me, I mean, I had the opportunity to be part of two very interesting venture capital firms at a business school, Foundation Capital. I joined initially as an entrepreneur and resident there and then worked with this amazing guy named Bill Elmore who had founded the firm and uh, became an, a 
venture associate and just love that opportunity to kind of be meeting with all these entrepreneurs, being able to discover all these incredible different uh, technologies and business opportunities, then spent some time at a firm called Mavron, which is a consumer tech focused firm started by Howard Schultz of Starbucks and Dan Levitan and brought just such unique insight to how consumers think and how to build these consumer facing businesses. Um, I kind of then went to go take some swings at being an entrepreneur again uh, and before ultimately having this really special opportunity to go join Singularity University about seven years ago. And it was took me a little while after joining SU before I started kind of realizing that this was, you know, such an extraordinary ecosystem. Part of what I was doing is building out the curriculum for these large programs that we were doing. And so whether it was around medicine or finance or manufacturing or like the global summit that you came to or one of our international summits, you know, I was thinking about what are the most important kind of topics, technologies that that these attendees should know about, who are the the you know people at the forefront um, uh, the, the CEOs, the technologists that they should get exposed to. And that naturally led to building up this really interesting network and getting invited into these financings and starting initially to write just very small individual checks myself and then putting together small syndicates. And as some of those companies started to get some nice follow-on investor traction and start to scale larger syndicates. And then that led to some of those uh, investors in the syndicates being kind enough to anchor me in a uh, in a fund. And so I raised my first venture fund at the end of 2018, kind of a part-time thing while I was still at, uh, at SU. Uh, and then that's led to, I left SU earlier in the year. I'm now focused uh, on scaling Kitty Hawk and just brought in a a uh, really amazing guy, Randall Mays, as my uh, as my partner, and scaling up the size of the fund, and hired an associate, and all that kind of good stuff. So it's you know like everything, it's a journey. And for me, it started very small with Kitty Hawk, and you know we're still a relatively small fund, but starting to get a little uh, a little traction and a little gravity, and build an interesting portfolio. The journey makes a lot of sense as you describe, like even back 20 plus years ago, you're getting the first sort of taste of, as I like to say, it's like entrepreneurial combinatorics in a sense. Mm. It's all of the different, not only aspects to the entrepreneurial process on a, on a micro scale in terms of the actual entrepreneur themselves and their specific business and their specific operational and strategic process for their thing, but then there's the combinatorics of all of the different entrepreneurs themselves and all of the different fields, those fields and all of the different strategies and operations within those fields. So what you're doing is you're basically tasting all of the different flavors of the rainbow. And then what you get is you get someone that really can work on a strong scale, not only with one-on-one -on -one and helping entrepreneurs actually succeed at what they're striving to achieve, but also can help take funds from people in a trusted way and say, I know that this is the right thing because I can tell by the entrepreneur, by the passion, by the company, by their strategy, by their operations, by their sales, by, by due diligence, that you know that that's the proper place. Yeah, I think that's right on. I mean, it's a lot of uh, uh, 
pattern recognition, I would say. And yes. like, you know, you see a bunch of these, you start to uh, develop some some commonalities or see some commonalities there. And uh, you're also able to, to sometimes really help accelerate the business through leveraging your network, bringing the right capital partners together, you know, opening up biz dev doors for some of these companies. Um, you know, the venture business is a very strange business and that it takes a really long time to know if you're great at it or not. Uh, we're five, we're six years into it so far and early, I mean, of our, what's the, the thing that it's going to be interesting to look back and see whether or not this was a, a great indicator or not. But usually you see a lot of failures with, with these companies. We've been very fortunate so far that we've only lost two of our 25 portfolio companies in uh, a little under six years now, which is really unusual and companies seem to be ramping and, and, you know, well on their way. And so, yeah. um, so that's just kind of interesting to figure out, you know, are we finding the right companies, identifying the right entrepreneurs, the right technologies? Are we providing value and helping accelerate them? Uh, and it, you know, you just, it's a lot of, lot of work. It's an amazingly privileged place to be, to get to work with these extraordinary humans and to be able to you know, add what, what you can to try to help them along. Um, and, you know, I think I, like you, have a real passion for learning. I mean, and that's one of the things that's super cool about venture capital, right, is you're constantly, and if you look at, you know, our focus areas, it's ridiculous. I had a, we're fundraising right now, I had a prospective LP who was like, you guys, this is pretty eccentric. You guys got a lot of different areas that you're uh, you're really interested in. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff on there, but you know, we, I love to learn about these new things and, and the, the technology, the opportunity areas are always shifting. So for me, it's about a passion for learning, for identifying extraordinary human beings to, to back and then finding great people either in the Singularity University, you know, faculty network or Abundance 360 network or just kind of a broader network to help me go really deep in these areas and try to, you know, make sure I'm thinking about it the right way, understand the technology, the landscape, and then, then make uh, hopefully good decisions. But like at its core, it's about backing extraordinary people. And so to have yeah. a life where you get to spend time working with these people for me has just been a ridiculous gift and yeah, I love it. There's something so special about being able to see a pattern recognition happening of different entrepreneurs and their North Stars and their successes and their habits and sort of identifying those on a power law and then going in and abstracting out that pattern and then basically taking that pattern of habits and, and all the different traits of success and then helping other entrepreneurs that have North Stars but maybe don't have those patterns of habits and characteristics that they're doing. Maybe they don't have that that style of, of, of discipline that's needed or that or that that harmonious sort of emotional intelligence that's needed to build relationships and get sales and that type of stuff that by sharing those wisdoms and helping people with those patterns it it succeeds at their goals it, it accelerates our our trajectory towards solving the SDGs and all these other important things that we really want to yeah. we want to hone in on. I mean, it's interesting, most people don't have mentors, right? And most people, I've found, um, sometimes you feel a little uncomfortable giving feedback to people and helping guide them. Like sometimes some, some of the things you wanna share to help them grow are not always the easiest things to hear. But yeah. it's amazing the, the um, 
the appreciation that people have for getting feedback, you know, not that that's all my interaction with people, but like people want to do great. You know, they want to be successful. They, they want to have their company, you know, touch as many people as they can. And people don't always know, you know, frequently, right. We don't know what the right answer is, how to act This is the first time we're dealing with a problem. Um, and so being able to occasionally, help people, you know, kind of grow as individuals, as, as operators, as, you know, as entrepreneurs, uh, is super cool. And I've just found in, in my life also like being able to have, um, great people around me that I can learn from and, and grow from has made, you know, a huge difference. And I had to kind of change my thinking around that where, you know, there's some risk around, okay, being transparent and letting people know you don't know the answer or what the right path is. And sometimes as an entrepreneur or business professional, you feel uh, incredible pressure to know, to pretend at least you know everything. And getting to a point of kind of comfort and I think kindness towards yourself uh, has been a huge evolution and kind of freeing element for me that it's allowed me to, to thrive and accelerate kind of my own growth and, and, you know, professional, uh, uh, opportunities as a result of that. Yeah. So getting people to feel comfortable with that and knowing yes. these, you know, letting these entrepreneurs know that, you know, we're all pulling hard for you to, to work here, you know, be successful here. Let us know, you know, what can we do to help, help with that and sharing things that we, we areas where we do know we can be helpful. Yeah. There seems to be a cultural evolution happening in the entrepreneurial space where it's becoming more spiritual in the sense of being okay with being vulnerable being okay with being transparent being okay with understanding that the quote you can see the self in the other and that you can feel that unity style presence and then then there's less of an ego there's less and then it becomes easier to share these wisdoms uh, across entrepreneurs right. and should and be people in general right and we're general. not us yeah. versus them it's yes. we we right yeah, yeah. yeah. that's we go. that's the yeah. mindset yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's it. And, and it's, it's with the help of people like Brene Brown and more and more of the vulnerability, but not to a fault at the same time, because there's also sort of the there's a process that of like clicking the rewind button and like rewatching like traumatic events or like replaying things that don't serve you anymore that cause you suffering. And right. So there's these poles and extremes that happen as well. So to find that middle path, Buddha balance, you know, is uh, is critical. And that's also very true with the entrepreneurial hustle. And I'm sure that that's also been one of the macro level patterns is that sometimes if you're, you know, if you're completely ignoring some of the things that we were talking about before we started that, like Michael Holt yesterday being on the show was talking about with well-being that if you're really not honed in on the mindset and working on the investigation of your own awareness and becoming sovereign in that sense, it's going to be difficult for you to get the right balances on the nutrition, the sleep, the exercise, the relationships, intimacy, all these other aspects of life. And so you can tell with entrepreneurs because a huge part of venture capital is literally the soul of the entrepreneur. Absolutely. Of everyone, right? Life is, is about mindset. I think more than anything, your journey through life, I think is so driven by 
you know, the lens that which you see the world and you yes. see yourself. Yes. And um, yeah, it's just extraordinary. I mean, that's been a bunch of the work that that I've done. And I have this really amazing uh, coach who has kind of helped me see there's kind of a almost like a decision tree of, of thinking, yes, right, where yes, you start yes. off at the beginning, like, OK, you know, you have some mornings you wake up and you're kind of I don't know, you're a little down or you're stressed out. And if that happens to me, I'll think of, to myself like, OK, what? You know, did anything change between yesterday and today? And no, okay, so it's just there's something chemically or something going on. There's nothing really different. And I have a choice of how I'm going to interpret the world. And like that's the branch that I either I send my thinking in. It becomes a little self-reinforcing when you realize, okay, you have that initial thought. You're going to send it down a positive path or a negative path. And when you start to realize that you know, we're living in just the most extraordinary time. We have so, you know, access to just unbelievable resources, knowledge, capital, education, you know, uh, health. All these things are just extraordinary in many, many ways. And you start to shift in kind of that abundant mindset. Yes. Uh, and also kind of part of it is is being kinder to oneself, I think, is yeah. really important. Not being, I mean, a lot of things you said about things that don't serve you well starting to you know look forward and look at all the yeah. incredible things and gifts that, that you do bring to the world and focus on the positive and let go of the stuff that doesn't serve you yes. well and just move yes. forward you know yes yeah and it to also like we're here in LA it's the perfect place to really hone in on the 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 way to describe it being like unsubscribe from what doesn't serve you and subscribe or follow right, what does right. serve you and literally just go and click unfollow the accounts that literally don't serve you anymore that feed like primal instincts and the ones that do serve you spiritually, intellectually, emotionally, physically, intimately, you know, follow those, subscribe to those, hone right. in on the every input that we take in is is massively critical to our fullest actualized potential. A hundred percent agree. I've, I've been really fortunate to get to work a lot with Peter Diamandis and Peter is so focused on mindset and really um, uh, we do this program called Abundance 360 and we've been doing these workshops with uh, with attendees where we've been kind of going through mindset and scarcity mindset to abundant mindset, longevity, exponential uh, mindsets and Part of what he has really talked a lot about and we've tried to share with the group is like, you, you know, not spending time to your point, watching the news, listening to the news, reading the news all the time. I mean, you can get we know that it's negative news that sells. That's how the human brain is, is wired to focus on those type of things. But if you look at the actual data, this is the most extraordinary time to be alive. It's the best time ever in human history to be alive. You would never, ever, ever know that from reading the news, watching TV, and you know, listening to these folks talk. And so, acknowledge that. Spend five minutes, ten minutes, doing a quick, you know, dive into what's happening, so you know what's going on, and then focus your, you know, energy on learning and reading and meditating and positive stuff that's going to lift you up and. You know, intellectually, it's going to lift you up from a spirit and kind of, I don't know, uh, just boost your whole wellness in, in yeah. so many different ways. And so I, I've been really interested in thinking about the fact that news, the, the news as it currently uh, uh, is basically does not serve humanity well. 
right? And it used to be that news was like to have access to the public uh, networks. There was a certain requirement in terms of the quality of the broadcast and there were very few of them and, and there just isn't that sort of standard anymore. And now we've got something that is clearly dividing us. It's not serving us well. It's not moving humanity forward in a positive way like many of the, the social networks. And so how do we think about you know, an evolution and getting to a point where we're putting things in place and uh, focusing on technologies that are actually going to make us happier, that's going to serve us well, that's going to bring us together as opposed to separate us yeah. because we are so much more similar than we are dissimilar, but you, we don't focus on those things. Yeah. Man, there's so many good places to take this. Okay. I'm going to take a little runway here. First thing is that on understanding the truth of what is our biological brotherhood and sisterhood now. So we now know, thanks to post-1953, that literally on a genetic level, 99.9% .9 similarity. Right. And so that's sort of, in a consciousness perspective, that would be like the integral. That would be like we have the integration of the ocean the oceanic the symphonic style of oneness of unity that we all are together and then the derivative or the differentiation is like the 0.1% difference between us which is that unique north star that unique contributory gift in the symphony you're playing the the instrument or the melody that's different from someone else's you have your own unique solo in the symphony and it's amazing and and like now if we hold those two at the same time that's what we call self-realization, realizing the unity of all being in existence and self-actualization, which is actualizing a unique goal into the world, your solo. So there's that. And then there's also this sort of big tree of possibility that exists throughout your life. And so you have things like we have these these graphics that we use a lot in our conversations. And this is the one from, this is from High Level Perception, Chapter 2, Seed Theory. And in this case, it's that you're looking at literally the tree of possibility for every single unique seed in the world. The seed, just like the seed of the tree, is just like the seed of the human in an analogy where the tree, the tree seed needs the basic nutrients at its roots in order for it to grow and flourish fruits same thing's true with the human it needs its basic needs met nutrients in right. order for it to self-actualize right? exactly yeah. and so you have this big tree of possibilities that exists and that at every single one of these bifurcating moments that occurs like you're describing along these trajectories for entrepreneurs it's so important for everybody that we remember that there's always going to be a choice that we can make that is more towards well-being more towards heaven and less towards suffering and less towards hell more towards our fullest solo potential in the symphony. And so then I'm, I'm really doing my best to sort of leverage these visual explanations, you know, mm -hmm. that earlier one that we were talking about regarding that sort of integration of all of the individual neurons of the collective mind of consciousness that we're all experiencing, but then that unique differentiation as well. 
And then that last bit that I thought was really interesting where we started getting was sort of that like AI coach vibe. You know, you're talking about like what it's like to, you know, you have both your coaches that help you and you coach other people. Everyone sort of finds themselves in that spot. It's so beautiful. And I think in the future, we're really going to have these AI coaches where I can on a more frequent basis be visualizing a a a data visualization of not only like my biometric stream which we're going to talk about with longevity yeah and so we want to eradicate pathologies we want to retain youthful homeostatic capacity throughout our lives but at the same time i want a a visualization of that tree of possibility where my ai coach is saying hey alan i know that you know that you're getting a uh, an inclination right now to maybe eat a carb heavy meal. But if you choose to maybe mm. eat uh, that, that salad with some, some apple on top of it for, you know, a little bit and you only eat half of it for now, but then get back to your focus sprint, you're actually going to achieve more of your potential today than if you right. were to eat that other. Right. Meal. And so just hang in there for another 30 minutes, 30 you're going to feel so much better. And yeah, yeah you'll yeah, get over get the, what you need. The ghrelin, yeah, love is, that. the ghrelin is the hormone that yeah. is secreted for hunger. Mm. And so ghrelin usually comes in a peak. And then it stops. So it comes in for maybe 30 minutes and then it stops. So that, that way you only feel your hunger for a small window, but then you're back on. Usually you drop into ketosis and you're burning fat I'm doing instead. Ke I'm on keto right now for the last three months. And that has just been fascinating to like, one, realize how addicted I was to sugar. Total tangent here. But like, it's just mind blowing. Like I've yes. never been addicted to a drug and I, it was cr like all I could think about was wanting to headed to Venice to Blue Star Donuts and shove five donuts down my throat, like just crazy. But once you get through it, yes, the sustained energy, the clarity of thought, and to not have that uh, that hunger, that craving, I mean, you're just satiated most of the time. It's unbelievable. It's been just like yes. totally freeing, and it's really cool. Amen to that. Yeah, that's badass, and that's why we need these styles of we need some sort of accountability. This AI coach idea is like, we have accountability not only with our health and we're analyzing our biometric stream and our, for our longevity, but we're also achieving our North Star goals more effectively, all this type of stuff. And we can do this also in a way that leverages what's known as homomorphic encryption. So that way we can actually leverage the best possible artificial general intelligence algorithms and analyses on our data in a way that is it does not even decrypt our data and it can perform mm. the computational analyses on it, mm. which is fantastic. Yeah. And amazing. that's the kind of, that's the kind of stuff that is emerging in cryptography and mathematics, which is fascinating computer science. And so we have that to leverage as well. And so the reason why I'm kind of like making this, this runway with these several like points that we've been illustrating is that Will's sort of macro level view on the evolution of entrepreneurship and the evolution of what has been now with, you know, being the executive director with Singularity University and then doing Kitty Hawk Ventures and then also A360, there's this sort of process where people realize on their trajectory that okay, what does it mean to self-realize? What does it mean to self-actualize? How do I ensure my my mindfulness, my health, and my flourishing on a moment-to-moment -moment basis for me to actually achieve these goals? How do I find these mentors? How do I mentor other people? Everyone sort of falls into these patterns yep. that are so similar from all of the different guests that we come on the show. And that's 
that's one of the things that I think is really interesting about you and about this interview is that we're both very synthetic in that sense. But your last couple of decades especially have really honed in on a, like a venture capital perspective and also on a on a community perspective because I think people know this probably by now, but when uh, Singularity University, the, the, the idea uh, of it is that on a sort of metaphysical level is that the exponential technologies that are emerging right now are totally sending us into a place of ex such accelerated uh, change that exactly uh, that we're heading yeah. to some sort of like a singularity point, um, a, a, a meta cortex, uh, a metaverse um, place. And <laughs> these, yeah. And so this is, Singularity yeah, University ahead. has been, uh, is very much about the exponential acceleration of technology, less about the last piece. And, and you know, Ray has a passion <laughs> yes, for, for passion that, but just to be, <laughs> yeah, to be clear, clear, we're not yeah. uh, focused on really on transhumanism and, yes, and that yes. piece there. But uh, there was a real, some insights of Ray Kurzweil and Peter Diamandis are the two founders of Singularity University. And Ray had written this book called The Singularity is Near, which you know well and is just an incredible, uh, you know, like four inch thick uh, book of, uh, of, of uh, difficult stuff to, to kind of digest and get through, but um, really, really insightful. And what part of his insights were really that more and more technologies were becoming information technologies, information technologies grow at an exponential rate because they grow at an exponential rate. You can become very predictive about where they're going to go and make all sorts of assumptions about when certain products and services would be uh, feasible from a computation or technology perspective. Uh, and because all these technologies were getting ready to go through this extraordinary change, you know, and the world was going to go through this extraordinary change and individuals and businesses and governments really had no idea this is back now 12 13 years ago and you know no one was talking about exponential growth and people didn't understand what that what that meant and the human mind is not designed to, to think that way uh, we're designed for a very kind of linear and local world and um, you know now everything happens exponentially and globally and so created SU is this place where people could come to to learn about what was happening at the forefront of these different technologies areas and to uh, you know understand what was happening with robotics and AI and synthetic biology and quantum and then also know you know what does it mean when something is growing exponentially and people would come through these programs uh, and it would just blow their mind right you'd get exposed to things that and ways of thinking that you hadn't ever been exposed to and then people would go back to their their companies and decide you know okay I got to go out and be an entrepreneur or how can I singular is also a benefit corporation and part of it is how do you use these technologies to solve the world's biggest problems yes. and um, yep. So it's just been this incredible community and, and ecosystem now that's developed, I think almost over 300,000 people uh, at this point who are part of the community and uh, think of like 180 chapters and almost 160 countries. And pre-COVID, we were on uh, track to do like 20 large summits around the world. So, but it's just this unbelievable global community of people who are you know, passionate about technology and how it can also be a, a force for good. And you and I were yes. talking about this a little bit before, but there's so much alignment now between building great companies 
and leveraging technology and doing good, you know, moving the world forward. And you're, we're just seeing all these instances now of companies and investors who are so focused on if our government's not going to make sure that we're doing this good, uh, ultimately for the good of the world uh, and their bottom line, companies and investors have to focus on this stuff now. So I'm not an impact fund, but I love that that's the lens that I can bring to looking at the companies that I potentially invest in. And, uh, you know, there's every there's just such a huge wave uh, around this now. Yeah, like visually, visually, the way that I see what we're talking about right now is I see like a, I see like a all of the I love that you're going to draw this right now. Yeah, I can't wait to see 100%, how this. Right, let's see. I I see like a this whole big like you know there's like you know you said there's 300,000 people in the SU community and then there's you know this big A360 community that exists and there's all these you know we have the Kitty Hawk and we have all of the other prize and, and, yeah. and we yeah. have all of these and then there's all of these other you know communities of epic people that are also planet around the planet yeah. as well and then there's this sort of like everyone sort of has like their own unique like north star right vision right everyone's got their little solo that they're that they're undergoing hmm. and then we have this sort of like everyone's everyone's undergoing a analysis we're talking about patterns a lot patterns 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 so much of this is about patterns and there's sort of this like there's like this power law distribution where you have like a very a very you know a tail end right this is your the uh this is like the maybe like f five percent of knowledge that's going to give you you know something like ninety five percent of your results or whatever, and this is why you have to you know parse for signal over noise, and so everyone is going along these. Everyone's going along these. These pursuits to their stars. And so my sort of my sort of like perspective or take on this is maybe something like as you see the amount of people across the planet that are that are entrepreneurs in their communities and you see this macro level pattern of people wanting to actualize some sort of a big north star gift into the world everyone's on these on these journeys and pursuits playing their solos but there's always this power law pattern that occurs where there's just these key principles these key patterns these key habits of genius that are that enable people to access they parse for that signal and they find that that five percent of knowledge that's going to give them 95 percent percent of the of the results and this is the sort of mm. these are the styles of ways like especially when you come on the show i know that you've you've found 
this in your own way, like your own visual representation. But I know it's something like this because this is the pattern of genius. The mm. genius finds the Godhead, the North Star, and it reverse engineers it. Hmm. And so whether it's on an individual solo level or a collective telic uh, level at toward that Godhead, like singularities near, near like Ray Kurzweil saying. Um, so this is why like the visualization of it, hopefully for people enables them to realize that, okay, the whole thing that they're talking about with the quantified self movement and these AI coaches and these mentorships and these North stars and the state of visualization and, and the, the kind of the future architectures that maximize people's abilities to make it less molasses and more frictionless on their path towards their, right. towards their stars. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, we are our own, you know, largest gating factor, right? And it's just <laughs> astounding to me. I mean, people, um, and I, I've been guilty of this for a good chunk of my life, uh, you know, can't get out of my own way to realize my, my own potential. And I learned how to navigate life in a way that, um, has opened up some of those opportunities for me and allowed me to kind of flow through life a lot easier. Um, but it's just, you know, we're all so much more capable than we give ourselves credit for. And so I think that is, you know, fundamentally for people to internalize that is critically important. I think also it's impossible to know what anything truly means at the moment it's happening. Right. Uh, and it yeah, just takes yeah, such, there's yeah. just no, like we put these I judgments know. on all these things. Yeah, yeah. It's almost always wrong. Like you just yeah. don't know, like COVID could have been the worst thing that, that ever happened to humanity, or it very well may be the best thing that's ever happened to humanity. Mm -hmm. Right. It's just, we won't know that for a while. Mm -hmm. It's not to say it's not easy. And there's lots of, you know, horrible things that have happened with it, but ultimately it could create you know unbelievable positive momentum in so many different areas and our so, greatest traumas are almost always our greatest treasures and it's hard to detect that in the moment exactly that, yeah. exactly and also i'm a believer like you know one little step in a certain direction sends you down a path that there's just no way to to predict you know that you would have ended up there i mean i wasn't positive about joining singularity university uh it was a 13 person organization <laughs> yeah. at the time you big know risk. yeah it was a big big risk yeah, yeah. but some of the most extraordinary people yeah, coming true. through the the doors there and it aligned a lot with a lot of my interests and so i i took that risk and ultimately that ended up being probably the greatest professional career move I've done and, and also just the most satisfying in, in so many yeah. ways, you know, intellectually and um, from a building a network and being part of a community perspective as well. Yeah. And so, so hard to predict this. And so like trying to just let go of that filter of judgment and uh, trying to walk through life in a more kind of neutral uh, neutral to positive way, I think just, you know, opens up all sorts of opportunities and reminding yourself that the plasticity of the human brain is extraordinary. And, yes. you know, you, yes. you can teach old dogs new tricks and yes. you just gotta to put in a little work and, and you keep yep. growing and learning new, yep. new skills and, and capabilities and talents and insights. Yes. Yes. And to do it on a very incremental level as well, to repattern a little bit of a habit every single day, um, incrementally and then rather than the overwhelming like I got to change eight things tomorrow it's like right. you know, just one tiny thing like yeah. instead of waking up and rolling over and grabbing your phone just meditate breathe, consciously breathe for right. even 30 seconds like yep. that's it. wow just 30 yeah just 
30 seconds. Yeah. If just right. t- tuning inward and do that same thing at night the next week as well. And you've added, you know, two things now instead of, you know, being on the phone at night. And right. You're really tapping into right. some potential. Right. That yeah. Is, yeah. Late. Wait to see what that starts to what do that and starts what that to, leads yeah. to. And yeah. yeah, exactly. And then all of a sudden you're, you know, you and your, your, in, your, par- in, your intimate partner there that's probably with you is like you know, noticing that, you know, where's this piece coming from right because right more peaceful human right like, i love that yeah yeah and then your butterfly affecting then that yep. out everywhere yep. that you go and do i want to ask as you've identified that you're now doing your own venture firm kitty hawk that you're doing a360 that you're creating this these you're in a sense you're creating containers for people to maximize their their potential whether it be as a venture capitalist and as a mentor to people or as somebody that basically takes groups of high level entrepreneurs and takes them to different cutting edge people in their industries and helps them accelerate their goals that you also know that there's the criticality of the sustainable development goals that we have to meet the requirements of living in and architecting those protocols that enable us to live in the hyper abundant future like we want in abundance 360 as we talk about that optimism that the convergence of technologies but that we need those you know the billion people that still want that clean tap water on on access or the the you know not literally being concerned about the planetary hydrological cycle with environmentally persistent pharmaceutical pollutants, EPPPs, or that the parts per million of, of CO2, you know, these, these types of things that still, that we're still trying to, you know, figure out the proper solutions to. And Kitty Hawk's doing its best to kind of fund to make sure that we're s- 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 reaching those sustainable development goals. And A360's doing its best to sort of make sure that that the entrepreneurs themselves are realizing that we need to make those protocols is that something that you're constantly you know ebbing into the practices those long-term futures it's basically all about those long-term futures and the ethics and morals around that as a planet yeah i think uh, uh, yes is the is the answer i mean we're not an actual impact fund but we're very focused on positive impact. You know, how do we find amazing, certainly there's a do no harm, like we will never invest in anything that we think, you know, might potentially create uh, harm to the planet or to people. Um, And I think uh, now more than ever, it's easy to build incredible businesses around that are are in alignment with taking care of humans and taking care of our planet. Um, You know, it just astounds me that people focus on the coal industry and you know we have an obligation to help people uh through job training to build new skills to be part of new emerging industries but you think about the economic opportunity around creating a green sustainable energy infrastructure and transitioning the world to that it's probably the single greatest economic opportunity that's ever existed and 
it's you know what could be more critically important than you know turning uh, turning us off away from the course that we're we're currently on. Um, so we're very focused in trying to make sure we're helping kind of be. I love uh, this is a, a tagline that Obvious Ventures um, has, which is world positive. That I just love. That's great. And yeah, this just notion of like how do we move yeah. the world forward in a in a positive way through the companies that we're investing in and, and supporting. How do you know the level of consciousness, the level of awareness of the people that are coming into the spheres that you're making the containers for? Like, do you, when you're doing Kitty Hawk, are you looking at, when you're looking at that like soul fusion of the entrepreneur, like, and then when the people are coming into the A360 community, do you, do you, have some sort of a way for you to kind of like gauge their level of ethics and morals and spirituality and and understanding of world positive architecting yeah i think so that's part of the diligence process of of every company right is getting to spend time with the team with the the founder or founders and try to understand who they are as human beings um, how they think about the world, what drives them, you know, what their goals are uh, and aspirations. And that to me is in many ways the most important part of the whole uh, effort, right? Because it's like business cycles are going to change. There's always going to be, you know, unexpected uh, problems. It's really, really hard to create great businesses. And, you know, you just never know what's coming down the pike in the world. And so finding people who are uh, care about other people who are going to work their their butts off to try to make something happen, but care about culture or in this for the right reasons. You know, they have a, a mission and a passion about creating something. It's not just about, God, I need to be a unicorn. Like, I don't want to be part of those type of businesses. I mean, it's great if there's a mission like I need to go out and I want to make sure that I can cure depression. We have a company called Inner Cosmos that's a brain computer interface company and they're focused on uh, how do you solve, how do you cure people or help people who have the most severe treatment resistance form of depression. Yeah. I think that could, you know, incredible amounts of money are spent on treating people with depression. You know, we know it, uh, it affects so many people and has been increasing throughout the world. So it's a huge problem, huge market opportunity. They're focused on solving that. The end result will be that it should be an enormous business over time. But that's different than someone who's like, okay, I need to build a, I want to make a billion dollars. I got a, oh, someone told me depression was an issue. I had a friend who was depressed and, and that leads them as opposed to a real passion around what they're doing. So that's critically important. It's, um, you know, when you're doing group events, you don't always know kind of the level that people are at. And so part of it is uh, providing opportunities to kind of bring people who are interested uh, and who maybe need some of this kind of up to uh, the next level to explore expose yes. them to some of these we do lots of workshops around uh, a360 and helping people you know a lot we've been focused a lot around mindset and that. doing these different uh, yeah exercises and uh, that enable people to kind of think differently and you and I were talking a little bit about this like we did one around longevity I was part of this longevity learning trip and as part of it um, with Peter we did this exercise around you know how long do you think you're gonna live to be and uh, and for me, it was just such a fascinating, you know, you hear people talking about I'm going to live to 150 or 500. And after spending a week kind of getting exposed to a bunch of these leading 
institutes and George Church and David Sinclair and these entrepreneurs and stuff, people who are just doing incredible things on the longevity front. By the end of that, I was like, okay, there is a really high probability that I will live to at least 120. And I'd been kind of an 80 or 90 year old person in, in my mind. And then all of a sudden, you know, okay, so I just got 30 or 40 more years, like, whoa, like where am I in my lifespan? And what does that mean? What else, you know, you just start to think really differently about making sure you're taking care of your body and taking care of your mind and all the great things we're going to be able to accomplish and, and working hard to make those things happen. And so um, that's one of the things I love about this work is being able to help people have these insights and kind of grow as, as humans. And then that hopefully translates into some nice business things as well. Are there workshops where the, it seems like the workshops that you're describing are very self-actualization oriented, which is fantastic. Are there also workshops where it's maybe self-realization oriented, where it's an investigation of one's own awareness? Yeah, I think that's part of it for sure. I mean, a lot of times we're trying to get a sense of where people are and, and pushing them to, to think about where they are. Um, we've got a lot of members of Strategic Coach who are part of uh, the program, and they do quite a bit of that and kind of focusing you in on thinking about, you know, where you are, your assumptions about all sorts of different things. And we brought some of that into Abundance 360 as well. Um, so I think that's a part of you have to do an honest assessment of where you are to, I think, to be able to figure out kind of what you need to focus on and, and where you want to go. Yes. And also something along the lines of a question proposed to them along the lines of, well, how much do you think does consciousness play in the nature of reality? Yeah, we have not posed that that specific one. <laughs> I have no doubt you would like to lead that and introduce that one. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. The, and and I would say that the one of the key reasons why is because like you indicated a moment ago is that as people undergo these processes, what occurs is that naturally, as we've been explaining, there's a butterfly effect that happens with everything that they do right. afterward. Right. So they begin seeing that self in the other they begin seeing that they begin experiencing everything as one big orchestra play symphony that's occurring we all come from that same source that same big bang that we propose we come with every twenty thousand breaths that we take come from the photosynthesis of phytoplankton and trees that's per day that we take those breaths and so you begin wondering like i'm interdependent on that and that then that Everything that I do has an interdependent butterfly effect that's happening. Right. And so all of it's all a big feedback system yeah. with our state of awareness. And then whether it's self-actualization or self-realization. And then that and just existence, like physical existence, right? It's we're one tiny interconnected planet floating through the the universe. And you know, that the people haven't many people haven't quite realized kind of the dependencies like we are dependent on those trees right we're dependent on clear water yet we've had this mindset of it, that we are distinct and separate from the natural world and that's where we've gotten ourselves into so many uh issues so many problems and i think now we're starting we're definitely starting to head in the direction it's not uh, universal yet but it's clear that there's momentum heading in the direction of 
everything has to be done in harmony with nature for this really to be a sustainable existence and to kind of realize the, I mean, how amazing if we had clean energy, clean water, clean air, you know, all these things to help people really uh, live the best possible, healthiest, most actualized lives uh, that they could. I mean, that's kind of the raw ingredients to, to functioning, right? You got to have all these, yeah. yeah. And we had the indigenous wisdoms that have been passed down for millennia that are thinking in like a seventh generation principle around everything that they do and modernity, the economic machinery being so ignorant of the interdependent relationship. And so that's why we're upgrading to that capitalism 2.0, that right. next level abundant protocols and infrastructures that leverage decentralization and tokenomics and all these other aspects that take into account in every decision that we do a seventh generation principle so it's a synthesis of indigeneity and modernity into something that transcends both of them but includes them at the same time yeah i love that in this movement away from kind of the the quarterly focus for businesses right it's like it's not just about your share price anymore it really is about your your impact on society as a whole and starting to think uh, beyond the, the the quarterly kind of earnings report. I mean, we're, we're clearly not there yet, and there's a lot of BS that's, you know, a lot of people just kind of talking the talk but not walking the walk, And but uh, that's it's going to have to happen if we're going to ultimately, you know, turn this, this big tanker in a different direction and thrive, I think. Yes, because as soon as you do at a company level make a decision, like instead of that quarterly focus on, stock price what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to take a mission driven investigation into what our true purpose is and as eric weinstein talks about so much is the embedded growth obligation of the companies to just grow 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 yeah. grow 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 it's like well okay but what's the purpose what's the mission what are we here to do and then in doing that process what happens is you by slowing down and doing that inner engineering that reflective process what happens is you end up attracting the millennial gen z and generation alpha talent that is going to be your main problem solvers of your future mm. you're you're struggling right now to attract that talent because you don't have a mission and a purpose that's divine and that's transcendent and that's a noble aim uh, and so that's exactly what if any of these big giants want to actually pivot all most of the young people companies that are started by millennials and gen z they're only mission purpose driven like right. what what's uh what's coca-cola's mission like, right what is it like do you like open happiness you yeah. know 40, 40 grams of refined sugar, sugar. <laughs> right and, yeah right and it, like i'm trying to figure you know and all the downstream effects of what the healthcare industrial complex is now taking on its back from the, um, the those health downstream effects so it's the awakening process has a feedback mechanism where you become more of as this perennial spiritual traditions would say across the planet that you become basically a channel for god consciousness or christ consciousness buddha consciousness lao tzu confucius level consciousness everything you do your family your friends your children the community your work your entrepreneurship your north star everything becomes affected by your highest level of morality spirituality mm. ethics and everything that you touch and but we need the science angle behind it as well in terms of 
actually understanding we didn't understand before we kind, we knew the interdependence but we didn't know it at the level of well the photosynthesis from the phytoplankton is providing us with 70 percent of the oxygen that we inhale 20,000 times a day like we need to really realize that that sacred divine interdependent relationship on a scientific level and that's when things become more and more like okay well i see it from a science angle and a spiritual angle now and so because of that i can not be in a silo of physicalism or not be in a silo of spirituality which is where so many people find themselves as siloed right. in those two right. and we want to de-silo we want to synthesize yeah and that's kind be interesting of, to yeah. see some of those worlds come together sometimes and uh you know i've been on some calls where some of the very science focused people are really aggressively attacking the head in the sand spiritual people yeah. and pushing them to really you know think a little bit more and and um i think your the the bigger point is this melding of the two i think is so is so critical and and the right path i mean we've got to get back to a world where it is about science and it is about clear facts and and so you can make the right decisions um you know ultimately that's what's gotta win the day but also doing it uh in a way and thinking about the the world we're creating and and mental health and and helping people actualize and and because we do have this extraordinary opportunity right now to 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 create you know i hate to use the word utopia because uh, there always will be i'm sure protopia protopia well, i haven't heard word. that what is that protopia because so many people tell me the same yeah. thing they they go they go you're just a utopian and i'm like no <laughs> it's it's a protopia which is just incremental bettering mm. Oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. So hundred percent agree with that. Yep. Yeah. We're heading in that path and we need to just keep on it and kind of lose this fear-based scarcity yes. mindset. And also, you know, there's just, I think the growing inequality, we were both talking before this about some of the uh, articles that Ray Dalio has been publishing, talking about kind of the arc of, of empires and where the U.S. kind of falls. And it's a downwards in a downward trajectory right now that does not end particularly well unless we start to make some some real changes and you've got this emerging china that's you know displaying all the the signs of uh, of uh, of you know that they will be the the dominant world power and um yep. anyway so there's a lot of things that really need to change and evolve and and the great news is we have the resources we have you know the intelligence and we have the the passion i think that people the drive to go do these things we need some of the political will now to kind of make these things happen yeah yeah and and the political will and the entrepreneurial talent and focus we, because of the distractive culture it's difficult to to take thousands of people that are all behind the groove of this really beautiful song like we have with maybe Tesla as an example, like can we take the the architects of the those decentralized protocols that we're talking about that inclusively stakehold like physicians and their patients so there's no perverse incentives when the physician gets paid by the pharmaceutical company like Purdue Pharma to prescribe right, something right. like an opioid rather than if the physician was actually also trained, A, it had an inclusive stake in the physician's life outcome, A, that, and B, was also trained in the Eastern traditions as well as the Western right. ones so that they could 
hone in on the nutrition and all these other aspects yeah. to the healthcare. Right, it's wellness, right? And there's alignment around improving wellness and health outcomes. And you're starting to see some of that. You know, it's certainly how I've got a company called Vitalize Health that's focused on Medicare patients. So, you know, the, the where most of the healthcare dollars are actually spent and trying to figure out how to deliver these. There's the government's created these accountable care organizations where it's just what you said. You're you take on responsibility as a as a physician and as a provider to help kind of provide better care to make the right decisions for these people to improve their health outcomes and share in the savings as exactly. a result of that. Exactly. And that's an example of just a great alignment, right? Yes. And and there's just so many opportunities about uh, to, to align businesses that way. So the outcome is, is world positive. Yeah. And it takes that time of that focused energy of thousands of architects to do that process on a daily basis and to not be distracted because that's why in the in the Ray Dalio illustration, the the only reason why it looks that way for the U.S. is because the U.S. is extremely distracted from the 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 repetitive the fiat currencies. We didn't need to go. Th we, we did need to go through two thousand eight, but I'm just saying that we could have. It's 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 very ironic. I don't know if you you've seen it, but like the descent and ascent happen at the same time, like where the Lehman Brothers collapsed and then a month later Satoshi Nakamoto published the Bitcoin white paper, right? And like these things had they happen at the same time the the ascent and descent. And so but we can take the wake up call when it's coming to us you know, knock, knock, knock. We can take the wake up call and we can run with it now in 2020, 2021, 2022 and architect what we're talking about. Or we can con kind of continue that sort of lethargic, apathetic, you know, mindset of the downslope. And then we, d we don't have to rock it back up as fast. We can rock it back up as fast. It's super possible to have that more abundant, m not only mindset, but also actually the protocols. So it's two part what I've seen. It's both in the mindset of the individual, which is this is funny because it's the exact conservative liberal in the United States. It's that it's the mindset of the individual, the that North Star achievement, picking yourself up and going at. But it's also on that liberal side. It's the social fabric needs to be more conducive for meeting those basic needs of the seeds and also for the eradication of the perverse incentives that exist so that it can actually be the next gen protocols that make it easier for individuals to to rise up to their to those challenges that's that's the synthesis of the left and right in the in the u.s from what i've been able to analyze and understand and so we can actually the u.s can 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 recover from what appears to be that down and head back up to become a powerful force to reckon with in the world but it is going to require us to take a look at places like china and to say well what are because right now it's super bad actually this is the reason why you know your current partner plus you know my fascination with the diplomacy between usa and china i would say that the memes that exist currently in the social fabric of the US is to fear and hate China and it sucks and I know that a lot of uh, China's propaganda also has somewhat similar intentions yep. about the yeah. United States but there's nothing more powerful than actually going there and you know get, becoming friends with people there and like with you with your 
romantic partner as well you guys you get a new level of knowledge and appreciation and intertwining and diplomacy which has been talked about for thousands of years if you want to make it so that two tribes get together you marry people from the tribes and then there's then there's an inclusive stakeholding so there's no one you can't actually have the incentive to kill each other right and so you have to we have to really look at china and honestly have a conversation about some of the things that they're doing that are actually better Uh, for they're extraordinary in society yeah and then in, we synthesize kind of like again the western individualism with sort of that more eastern maybe collective china india style mentality yep. Yep. into one more right. unified i paradigm. think there's about i mean there's you know lots of uh places to find fault with china for sure there's lots of extraordinary elements about it my wife is born and raised in china um and i've had a chance to to go there quite a bit and it's just extraordinary to see how that country operates and um, the fact that you have one individual who stays in power if they do a decent job for for the uh, the, the populace uh, and that one individual makes decisions that gets a whole country moving really quickly in different directions. I mean, I've had times where I've gone there and you know all the scooters on the road are gas powered and polluting and I'll come back nine months later and every single scooter is electric or they just went all electric and their buses, I think in uh, Beijing or Shanghai. And, you know, they make a decision. It's the right thing to do. And they do it. You know, they've decided that the environment is one of their top five, five year goals. And so all their energy goes into, okay, we're going to transition to be a green, sustainable energy country. We need to be doing that stuff. You know, they're making huge investments in in AI and in quantum and things that are have some risk to us as a country if we don't continue to to you know invest or if we don't increase the investment that we're we're doing. Um, we tend to get really sidetracked, I think, in the U.S. here on some of these individual liberty uh, issues. And I'm all America. You know, it's incredible the, the freedoms and liberties that we have. I think there's things that are not serving us well that have become you know these political hotbeds that you can't even can't touch gun gun control. I mean, there's just no question if you look at the the data, right, that guns are a terrible thing for for the U.S. and the number of people who are getting killed or severely injured and as opposed to the number of times someone actually uses a gun to protect themselves or their family. I mean, it's just it's not worth the societal risk and benefit or people use it on themselves or a loved one is the is the data. But we can't seem to get beyond that. Um, And so there's things like that where I feel like we have swung so far towards an individual rights kind of it's all about the the person and me and my right to be able to do whatever i want and not wear a mask when the data all shows like these are terrible things for our society and is causing a huge burden on our society economically you know deaths like all these sorts of things and and we can't seem to get beyond that i'm not sure how we start to to change that way of thinking i i um Pre-COVID, I was supposed to have this opportunity to go to uh, Israel. General Stan McChrystal and Howard Schultz had, would put together a small group of like 12 people who were going to go to Israel and we were going to learn about their service efforts there. And so in Israel, people spend a couple years uh, in the military or, or uh, in other um, groups serving the country. And General McChrystal wants to bring that concept 
to the U.S. So an opportunity for people to to give to for them to be able to connect with other people throughout this country to see things that they don't normally get to see. I mean, people are in their you know their little bubbles here, and one of the things that I've realized is you know we're all we're all the same basically. You know, there's it's just one planet of people. We should be viewing ourselves as one people and one not all the nation state no longer is necessary or serves us well. Um, and so anything we can do to help encourage people to be able to connect with other people, to be able to empathize with them, uh, I think serves us so well and gives people such a broader kind of viewpoint uh, for thinking about the world and their own place in it and, and trying to get away from that kind of me versus them type of mindset that we often fall into, right? Someone, uh, we don't know them, so they're scary or they're a threat to us. And they're just human beings who are dealing with their own shit, just like everyone else, you know? And, uh, and to be able to understand that and bring that ability to connect and, and kindness, I think is, is super, super important. At a level of consciousness development and awakening, the more awake you become, the more you experience what are called transpersonal or non-dual states of awareness, the more that you get to those levels, what happens is everything else that we're talking about, xenophobia, bigotry, guns, none of those things even come anywhere near your essence because all you're doing is just constantly in a state of what is the absolute highest morals and ethics and spirituality, joy, peace, bliss kindness kindness compassion empathy yeah butterfly affecting that out everywhere you go and that's not to bring it all the way to the fault where that you completely ignore the 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 needs of the physical because you you still again it's with that synthesis of the physical so you do retain that as well but that there's all of these issues that modernity faces xenophobia bigotry all this type of stuff it's really solved from elevating one's own awareness consciousness to these baselining to higher higher levels re-baseline keep going keep going it's like the paradox is that we're perfect already but that we're also always a work in progress and that's one of the most beautiful enigmas of realities mm. is that exact Thing. and so i want to ask and i know there's still like i just want to tell people before i ask this question that the amount of fields is ridiculous and you saw it in that in that graphic earlier that we were that we were sharing on the stream but that like this is i think one of the top ways to become polymathic and that and there's, you know, food, computing, fintech, longevity, cybersecurity, network sensors, space, advanced materials, medtech, mobility, synthetic biology, AI, ML, robotics. And this is from a very, you know, polymathic, scientific, business-oriented perspective, engineering perspective, which is excellent. And then, like, the synthesis of this with also the spirituality, the morality, the ethics, the dialectic that occurs for people to understand that at the same time, right? That that ultimately leads to like this is that massive polymathy. I love that. And then to have that, which so much of science and modernity and engineering just 
breezes past or completely ignores and then it wonders why does our economic machinery treat people like cogs and why do we have so many of the mental health issues well that if people have experiences of what perennial spiritual mystic traditions have been teaching for thousands of years then we don't have those same issues and i would say it's extremely important to embed that in non-dogmatically non-fundamentally as again as a perennial spiritual wisdoms uh in from a very scientific angle like we were saying earlier at in all of these venture funds in all of these communities in all of the fortune 500 ceos in all of the davoses and world economic forums and un general assemblies and congresses of the planet all the billionaires and high net worth people to really have a biometric analysis like is this person living in an egoic state of consciousness because if they are and they're running a fortune 500 company we probably that's probably one of our main maladies of civilization is that yeah there's so many hurt people out there right hurt people hurt other people and it just creates this this cycle uh unfortunately where you continue to to you know propagate pain and and suffering and um i don't want to really get political but you know i uh in some ways i feel bad for our president right now like he's clearly someone who is a hurt individual and had a i think a very abusive and unhealthy upbringing and i absolutely detest his policies and how he handles himself and uh what he stands for but that's the result unfortunately of hurt people hurting him and kind of continuing that on you think about the impact he's had and the, the amount of pain and suffering that he's created as a as a result of that um you know it's heartbreaking and so part of what needs to happen and is happening right now some of the work that's being done around mdma and psilocybin and these late stage clinical trials is just extraordinary and their ability to to help heal people and to get them to a point where that cycle is broken and they can approach the world in a really really different way and you know the efficacy of these things it's just it's mind-blowing uh, to see that you know the the impact that it can have in such a short period of time on individuals uh is just you know people have suffered their whole life with things that in a matter of you know one or two or three treatments in a very short period of time can let these these traumas go and this pain go and we've all suffered traumas in in different ways no matter you know what type of life you've been through right there's things that have impacted you uh, negatively and that might be uh, it's still kind of holding you back. And now to have the opportunity for something uh, that is non-addictive, that is incredibly efficacious, that is incredibly safe, uh, that you can use and that we can help these people get healthy and get get healed and uh, be able to focus on other things and give back to the world and approach the world in a really different way. Uh, super, super exciting time. I'm happy that you brought it up because it was a topic that we both wanted to talk about and you're totally right you know thank goodness for rick doblin and maps multidisciplinary association for psychedelic studies thank goodness for you know even getting you know breakthrough recognition through the fda thank goodness for the you know u.s government um yeah. also paul stamets paul stamets yeah. thank goodness that that the acknowledgement of these sort of uh consciousness elevating substances that are purposely secreted across the planet for this exact use 
are finally being leveraged uh, and they have been for a really long time for thousands of years but the there are there are other reasons why they were made uh, illegal and that um, those will become also potentially more transparent and clear those reasons over time but that uh, getting the most powerful people in the world to undergo these processes of awakening inevitably leads to the downstream actualization of more and more people like you said hurt people hurt other people and uh, healed people heal other people yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it allows people to bring their their best selves right to everything they do and uh to be able to i think show kindness and connect and and you know it just enables you to to empathize right with people in a in a different way um it's so so powerful and it's a we're at a point in human history where we desperately need this innovation to happen and so to start to see these things becoming mainstream right on the cusp of becoming mainstream and and being readily available to more and more people uh, i think is super super exciting and i believe is going to have just a profound impact on the us and and on the world and kind of kind of helping us evolve to uh, a next way of of being yes now that's my hope anyway man me too <laughs> me too me yeah, too no. i know i know <laughs> Now let's let's play uh, with one of the points that we had while we were talking uh, throughout our convo. What do you think is the purpose of reality? Why does reality exist? Jesus. Um, <laughs> why does reality exist? I don't. I mean. I think, first of all, I think we see, I'm not sure that I know how to answer that question exactly. Um, I think uh, we see reality is so subjective. We see such a narrow piece of what is happening. So, you know, our reality is a tiny little slice of what's actually happening. Um, I mean, I think the human, like I know one of the topics that you love to get into in the name of your uh, podcasts, you know, simulation. Um, both Ray, uh, Kurzweil and Peter Diamandis believe that we are living in a simulation. Uh, I'm not sure that I necessarily am there yet, but I also find, uh, the human body to just be just mind blowing. Like how is it possible? Um, and you know, the world that we've been able to create, the things we've been able uh, to figure out, but, but really just like the human body to me, how, how we operate and the complexity, uh, it's just so extraordinary. Um, and so anyway, that's a, that's a bit of a tangent, but, uh, I find that just really miraculous and, you know, I, I don't know. I'd be interested to hear how you answer that question. No one's ever, uh, asked me that before and I think I haven't <laughs> clearly formulated a great answer other than I believe we see such a narrow piece of it what it serves that, us that's actually a key yeah. that was actually a massive key because it triggered something interesting which was that the same way that we only see the the 700 to 400 nanometer ish on the electromagnetic spectrum in terms of visual uh is fascinating because that similar analogy can be drawn to 
our universe out of the multiverses. Right. That was an interesting right. one that sparked from right. from that. The parallel parallel realities that are all taking place, you know, at the same time and what's going on with quantum and the entanglement. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, like yeah. there's a lot of stuff that is like pretty mind expanding, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. as you try to put your uh, your arms around it. May I may I also um please uh <clears throat> the nomenclature of simulation is a is something that makes there's like so many different i guess ways to interpret the hermeneutics of what simulation means to use a spiritual word to describe what a modern inter, to describe an interpretation of a modern idea but the thing is is that what would if we reverse engineer a godhead, right? In this case, the godhead, we have to make a hypothesis about the godhead as what, like, what the point of reality is. Right. And then the hypothesis might be something like, I've been using three words to try and describe it, which is consciousness exploring infinity. Hmm. So that there's an infinite amount of states of phenomenology and qualia and experience that exist. And that, consciousness is just eternally undergoing the explorative process and it's doing it cyclically which is why like sir roger penrose who won the nobel prize in physics in 2020 believes in cyclic cosmology not in the sense that we come back to this exact same reality that's boring we're never coming back to this exact same reality but that we've been exploring reality designs and different vehicles to put ourselves into this is four limbs two eyes carbon-based dna encoded but you have mm. to be like walt disney and imagine all these other different soul vehicles right. and realities right. that exist and then what you can do is you can begin thinking like okay well maybe it makes sense when i hear the words you know singularity is near when i hear what uh when i experience vr ar mixed realities when i see the bio and neurotech additions that are being made to to, to people when i see artificial general intelligence being developed like maybe it is that the synthesis of those things is called the metaverse and that just like we are going to slowly be in in immersing ourselves more and more in indistinguishable virtual worlds that maybe this already is one of those that we came from that and we're going back into it and it's cyclical in the sense that the godhead is the metaverse and that we're going to immerse ourselves in more of these infinite explorations of realities. And it's our consciousness hypothesis. and our energy will be, you know, transition and be rebirthed. And yeah, that that makes sense to me, actually. Um, you know, I don't know that I necessarily believe uh, in God. Um, like, is this a part of a master uh, orchestration or is this... Um, uh, you know, uh, by all compounds, chemicals, nutrients coming together and, and evolution going on this fantastical, uh, journey. I do believe though, that I do believe in consciousness and that, uh, the consciousness continues on, which then causes you to think about, okay, what is that, this idea of a metaverse and what do you do you transition into something else? Or, um, you know, what is that, that kind of after, this piece is gone, you know, what is the, what is the next iteration? I don't, you know, it's still evolving in my head, uh, what that is, but, but the scenario you paint, um, makes sense to me and, and kind of resonates. 
And then another question to ask then would be something like, will you be a both a designer and a player in those games that we're talking about, the continued exploration? Mm -hmm. And is the answer... I, I, hard to know, but I would hope so. You would hope so. so yeah, I would then, love. I would hope so. And so then, my my next sort of point then would be that if all eight billion people are undergoing both being the designers and the players in those games, then we are the designers and players of of this right. one. And so then, For when sure. when people say the word God, we are that. We mm. are this. This is all that. Right, right. And that's what the perennial spiritual traditions have been saying. Mm. The mystic traditions over 5,000 years from ancient Egypt and Mesopotamia all the way up until in, in this valley with the Vedic Rishis. All of them have been saying, and through Zoroaster and the Axial Age and the explosion of all of the ones that exist today, that that common perennial spirituality is that my awareness, my consciousness my beingness, my isness, my existence is God, and that it's eternal, it's infinite, it's cyclic, it's exploring, hmm. and that that is it. And that now we take science and we simulation theory, and we just leverage sort of the technological protocols that enable us to go into the next immersion. Hmm. That's a hypothesis. So, how do you think technology then? does does technology have a role in that technology isn't really needed right i guess for you to tra for you to transcend and for this evolution to to continue for you to go into kind of your next uh existence technology i guess changes the game changes the experience at least in in this uh universe well how would the, the question would be how would uh humans on the planet ha uh if meditating on mountaintops and not building artificial general intelligence, how would they undergo the metaverse recursion would be a question to ask. Well, is it not just a natural Is it a process? natural big bang and big crunch that's, that's um, and if it Part is- Part of the death, rebirth If it cycle. is, yes. And it, it, it may be both in a sense that it's- uh, So are you saying actually that it's technology that enables you to do that? It's the evolution of technology that ultimately will allow us to Oh, interesting. Okay, I, yeah. I took it to be that it was just consciousness, you know, the energy it's, of our existence. And that's why I was going to say it's both in that sense, because the energy of the existence is what enables the process as we build the right. technological infrastructure right. that then enables us to go through the whole cycle into a different explorative interesting. place. So maybe back to this existence, or a rebirth here, but more likely you think a rebirth someplace else? Something along the lines of like, we're so like, imagine like that whole electromagnetic spectrum visual is right. that you brought up earlier. I think that's, that's so spot on regarding our imagination and creativity being just, just quelled to such a small, tiny degree. Mm. There's so much potential that exists for universes uh, and conscious agents in those universes, because I mean, just go look at the catalog of video games that exists right now. There's so many different creative universe designs that people are making. But one of the things that seems to be a property that we talked to David Johnson, DJ, about on the show, who's a simulation designer in virtual worlds just yesterday on the show, that one of the things that seems to be most common is this three space using X, Y, and Z 
in this three space format because it sort of comes from some sort of an origin zero point and then has these three axes yeah. axes yeah. which then enable the sort of space phenomenon to come to, alive to and, occur yeah interesting and so that might be a right. more common property of the universes that we design mm. and then time seems to be one that is uh you know this is one thing that many people can't handle a simultaneity you can both simultaneously see the good in the u.s and in china you can simultaneously see the good in indigeneity and modernity in the left and the right and conservatives and liberals in the u.s and in this case it would be can you literally hold the fact that you are both eternal infinite biologically at the same time as you can hold finite biological time where you literally have a north star and that right. you're in like fun pursued and like i think the answer to that so, is yes. yes i'm not there yet but i definitely know some people who really are there and believe that you know in their core and it's amazing to see and they work very hard in this life and this existence to optimize it and be the best that they can do, but also have kind of a, a much longer game and broader perspective, uh, which is really beautiful and freeing and energizing in, in many ways. Yes, yes, yes. I love that. And <laughs> I hope, I hope that one of the things that can come from our dance is that if I can come and help some of what both the founders of the Kitty Hawk companies are doing and some of the A360 community as well. If I can come and help be of service to what topics we've been talking about to help people become more ethical, moral, spiritual, philosophical, artistic as they do their science, their engineering, um, and their actualization of their business entrepreneurial goals into the world. That that is like definitely one of my main like loves and passions and roles. And I would I, love to feature more of them on I the show. I love that. I very much appreciate that. Would love to love to figure out how we can integrate that more into into what we're doing. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, I love it. What a, What an epic program. I knew it was going to roll in such a like flowerful way. And it's such a joy to be able to, to talk to you and like, you know, you don't get a chance to kind of, I don't know, intellectually think about some of these things and talk about some of these things. So fun to get to go down memory lane and, and get to, you know, explore some of the possibilities of, uh, of the world and life together. So I appreciate being, uh, being able to, to join you today. Yeah. You're awesome. I love you. I love this. Uh, so thanks, much. man. I appreciate that. So and thanks for the great work you're doing. I mean, amazing, amazing content that you're putting out there. And, uh, and you know, I love kind of the, the mix of uh, technology and spirituality and all these things kind of coming together in a really, you know, intellectually interesting way and, and kind of human and heart-centric way as well, uh, which is, you know, I think what we need. It's the intersection of, uh, of those two things that the world needs kind of going forward. You are seeing me, you're seeing it, you're registering it, and it feels really good. Thank you. I love it. Love it. I love, love it. it. I love it. And with much more to also unpack on all of this round two and beyond. There's tons more to create. Look forward on. to it. Hell yeah. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the comments below on all things frontier technology and all things spirituality as well as we were talking about. We'd love to hear your thoughts. 
share the episode with more people that need to hear sort of this pattern of how to actualize gifts into the world and how to see this entrepreneurial flourishing that's occurring, especially at the frontiers of technologies, help share it with people. Like the video, subscribe. Also, check out the links in the bio below. All of them are there. Also, all of Will's social accounts are there. Go give him a follow, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. Also, the Kitty Hawk website, kittyhawk.vc, as well as a360.com, the Abundance 360 community, as well as su.org for Singularity University. Check out those links. Support the artists, the entrepreneurs, the spiritual leaders, the scientists, the engineers, and your communities and around the world that you believe in. Support them. Help them grow. You can support simulation. The links are below to our show. Help us flourish as well. Achieve all our big goals. Go and build the future, everyone. Manifest your dreams into the world. We love you very much. Thank you for tuning in. Awesome. Thank you, Alan. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Will.